1059 The Region, in partnership with REMAX Prime Properties, present On the Market, real estate advice that works for you. Have a real estate question? Call us at 416-335-1059. Tweet us at 1059 The Region or email us at info at 1059theregion.com. You're listening to 105.9 The Region, and welcome to On the Market. This is York Region's exclusive radio real estate show. I'm station manager Tina Cortez, and my co-host and real estate expert is Asif Khan with REMAX Prime Properties. Good morning, Asif. Good morning, Tina. Where do you want to start today? Where shall we start? You know, August has been just flying. Like Homes are flying off the shelves. It's just continued the pace that was set in June and July, and there doesn't seem to be much of a slowdown, Tina. And now there's some great news for home buyers. The Bank of Canada is cutting the qualifying rate for a five-year mortgage by 0.15 basis points. So what does that mean that they drop the qualifying rate? What does that mean to the average buyer or seller? What that means is with the stress test, you had a certain rate that you needed to qualify for in order to secure a five-year mortgage. And what they've done is they've reduced that qualifying rate. So now more people can qualify or be qualified for more money, and that's going to help them get a property in this type of market. So why the need? Why do you think the government wants to you know, increase the number of home sales? What does it do for the overall economy? You know, Tina, arguably, home sales have been the engine of the Canadian economy. That's what's kept our economy strong over the last 10, 15 years, and they know that they need to get the housing market stimulated so that it continues to put more money back into the economy. Did you know that $90,000, on average, $90,000 is put back into the economy with each home sale? I did not know that. So how does that kind of uh, break down? There's a lot of fees and and expenses associated with a, a home purchase or a home sale. So you've got land transfer tax, you've got uh, um, title insurance, you've got mortgage fees, you've got legal fees, real estate fees, you've got the real estate agents spending money to market listings, you've got people that are going to the Canadian Tires and the Home Depots to purchase things after their home is closed. There's so much money that goes back into the economy with each home sale. And the major factor for municipalities and governments is the land transfer tax. The land transfer tax component helps keep taxes down in municipalities and cities and towns. And that's what's been missing throughout this whole COVID break. The reason that municipalities don't have as much money, you know, you think about all the money they saved with things that they didn't need during the COVID period, but they're still short on money because there were no home sales taking place or very little home sales taking place. And the land transfer tax component of it is what suffered. So they need to stimulate the home sales in order to start putting some more money back in their coffers. Okay, so with the drop in the qualifying rate, what is the next step for a potential buyer? Do they go to their lender, and how does the conversation go from there? They do, and if they've already gone to their lender, they can now revisit that conversation and say, does this change anything for me, and what can I qualify for now? Because even if they've qualified for for a five-year fixed mortgage maybe a month ago or a couple of weeks ago, this changes it now because they can actually buy something that's more expensive or 
they can maybe get a lower rate on what they've been pre-approved for. Okay, so here we are mid-August. Why don't you bring us an update on what's happening in your office? Sales have been brisk, and, you know, it, it really does feel like it's April or May right now because that's the tone in the office. That's the feeling that buyers and sellers have. It's it's just a very heated market. It's almost like we were stopped. You know, we've talked about this before. We stopped on March 15th, and all of a sudden, spring shows up in August and or July, and August has just continued that that torrid pace. People are now with schools coming back in. People are now scrambling to get into houses prior to school starting because they want to have the kids settled because they're going to be going back to school now. And they want to be in a position where they've purchased their home and moved in before school starts or very close to the beginning of the school year. Now, for the last few weeks on the show, you've talked about the low inventory level. Has that changed at all? It hasn't. The inventory is coming up now. You do see more sales signs popping up on streets. However, you're also seeing sold signs put on those for sale signs. So as inventory is coming up, it's being scooped up. There's not a lot of inventory that's been sitting for more than 30 days or so. You know, everything is selling within the first three weeks, four weeks. As long as it's priced properly, it's selling. And that's the key component is you have to price it properly. Some people are starting to get greedy and thinking they can really cash out at this time. And it's not going to happen because the buyers are savvy and they know what houses are worth and what they're going to pay. And you're not going to get $100,000 over asking or $200,000 over asking on every home. You're going to get maybe $10,000 over asking or you're going to get your asking price, but you have to be priced aggressively. But at the same time, you need to be priced accurately. After the break, how the hearings have changed at the Landlord-Tenant Board. This is On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Stay with us. Need to connect with Asif Khan from REMAX Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca. Now, back to On the Market on 105.9 The Region. You're listening to 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to On the Market, York Region's only radio real estate show. I'm station manager Tina Cortez, and my co-host is Asif Khan with REMAX Prime Properties with today's guest. Thank you, Tina. Joining us next is Bita DeLisi from Stonegate Legal Services. Bita, welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me. Bita, I know we were on just when COVID was starting, and we were talking about the fact that Tenants don't really have the right not to pay their landlord's rent. And now, you know, we're, we're just into about over a week from when the landlord-tenant board reopened. Tell us what's going on. Well, the landlord and tenant board reopened last week. And, you know, it's one of those cases that the board will likely have to process in between um, the applications that they had pre-COVID and the applications that they're you know, they're, they're ruffling through right now, uh, post COVID. So those applications that have been lingering, um, between mid-March till August 1st with the Landlord and Tenant Board reopened, those are the ones that are, you know, hopefully Landlord and Tenant Board does something to fast track those applications. Um, as you know that the new bill 184 has come out, uh, you heard about that, right, Steve? Yes, I did. Yeah. Tell our listeners a little bit about that. 
Okay, so on July 21st, uh, Bill 184 received royal assent, so it became law. It's also referred to as the Protecting Tenants and Strengthening Community Housing Act. And this is actually viewed as a way to provide stability to Ontario's rental housing by increasing fines for, you know, things like unlawful evictions and reinforcing the necessity for um, landlords to explore repayment agreements before considering eviction. So, you know, because because of what's happened with COVID and a lot of people have been uh, temporary or permanently laid off or uh, they've gone sick or they're not able to make their rent payment, uh, Bill 184, it's, it basically wants the landlord and tenants to work together to come up with uh, a, a repayment plan. These changes would retroactively apply to March 17th. So when the province first declared a state of emergency over the, the COVID pandemic. Now, uh, there are five things that, you know, landlords, tenants, realtors, investors, they should all be aware about, um, about Bill 184. Do you want me to quickly go through the five, five major things? Sure. Sure. Okay. So number one was, is compensation from former tenants. So pre-COVID, tenants must be in possession of the rental unit in order for a landlord to go after them uh, for arrears. Now, now that Bill 184 has come out, this allows landlords to apply to the board after the tenant moves out of the rental unit within one year from the date that the tenant has moved out. So this is great because it gives the landlord more time to pursue uh, matters through the board instead of going through the small claims court, which is often a lengthier process. Now, this compensation from former tenants also allows landlords to go after tenants for utilities, uh, unpaid utilities within one year from the date that the tenant has moved out by bringing an application to the board. Prior to, prior to the Bill 184, uh, a landlord cannot pursue uh, unpaid utilities through the landlord and tenant board. Okay, so basically what I'm trying to say is that landlords will no longer be restricted from pursuing a former tenant from compensation after the tenant has moved out. Does that make sense? This is a huge news for landlords. Isn't it? It's fantastic. Now, the second thing is that illegal rent increases will be deemed not void. So what that means is, you know, pre-Bill 184, uh, if the landlord had increased the rent illegally, whether they knew or didn't know or they, they came up with a round figure and they just wanted to increase the rent, uh, not per the board guidelines, a ten- not now the tenants cannot go after them if at least 12 months have passed, providing that the tenants have paid consecutively that illegal rent increase. So if a tenant has paid that rent increase for 12 consecutive months, they cannot bring an application to the board to seek reimbursement for an improper rent increase. Isn't that great? That is. <laughs> the third thing is that cost consequences have been uh, have, have shot up or they've increased, um, and these are pertaining to termination of tenancy in bad faith. So this is not really good for the landlord. So landlord, landlords, beware of this. Uh, first of all, you should not serve a notice on, on bad faith ever. However, if you do, because you're not getting along with that tenant for whatever reason you, you serve a notice on bad faith, just be aware that the cost consequences have gone up. So Bill 184 is allowing the Landlord and Tenant Board to award much higher costs to tenants of up to 12 months at a monthly rate charged by the landlord to that tenant. So now the tenant can come back after the landlord on a bad faith application 
um, based on their full monthly rent instead of the difference between the new rent and the former rent. Okay, so landlords, beware. Number four, affidavits are now required to be uh, signed and submitted to the board with applications uh, to terminate tenancy. I mean, I always did this as a common practice to protect my realtor, um, my realtor clients and my landlord clients just to make the, the board, you know, put their mind at ease that all of our documents that are submitted are uh, in good faith. So now it is a requirement. And last but not least, um, corporations, this is for corporations. Currently, you know, pre-COVID, uh, pre-Bill 184, corporations, if they were convicted, are liable to pay fines of up to 100000 Now that the bill has come into effect, this fine increases for corporations up to 250000 So, you know, right now we're in the newborn stages of, you know, Bill 184. So what I'm trying to say is that the board will will not be afraid to make an example of the smaller landlord, you know, the mom-and-pop landlord compared to the corporate landlord. So if you're a small corporation, a medium-sized corporation, or a multi-million-dollar uh, corporation, the maximum fine has increased to $250,000. So for corporations, beware. So these are the five things that you should be aware, be aware of uh, uh, and knowledgeable about Bill 184. And it sounds like Bill 184 was a long time coming. Uh, was it something that was in the works for quite some time? Was there a need by either the landlord or the tenants for this for these types of changes? Well, it has been a long time coming. I believe you know pre-COVID, it was in they were in talks of of putting a bill together. They just were not sure as to what they would you know what they would insert under this, uh, you know, umbrella of Bill 184. However, now that, you know, COVID is, is not, I'm not saying the pandemic is over, but now that we're starting to resume operations, the board has started to open slowly. They are getting with the times and, you know, holding telephone and video conference hearings for landlord applications. Now the, we have to test the process of Bill 184 and how the bill, how the board wants us to go about it. And Frida, the there's supposed to be about 6,000 applications that were put through as the landlord tenant board reopened. What percentage of these were from previous, and and what what were new applications looking like? Well, I'll tell you that the stats for, you know, between mid-March until, between mid-March when the board closed until August 1st. So the stats were that in all of Ontario, there were 80,000 applications brought in front of the board in all of Ontario. 90% of those applications are landlord applications. So, you know, this will give you an idea of how much backlog there is. Now, you're mentioning 6,000. That's quite a bit of applications. I mean, that, I'm not sure which board that was, um, that's probably for the downtown board alone, but uh, that's quite a bit of applications in receipt from the board. Due to the board being, you know, short staffed and backlogged, they hired about 11 adjudicators, but in order to get through all these applications, they're going to have to do something to either uh, put a fast track process to it or combine applications or, you know, I'm not quite sure what the board is, is going to do. We are aware that they're 
going to be holding um, telephone and video conference hearings for landlord applications now, but uh, we don't have any further information on that, on how they're going to process that many applications. And tell us about your work then, Bidib. What's going on with you and, and how, are, how are clients coming to you right now? What are their biggest issues or concerns? So right now, my, my business is more geared, my, my business is a referral-based business, and I get 98% of my business comes from realtors because of my past, uh, um, because of my, uh, what I used to do before, and I was a realtor. So I know what it's, what it's like to deal with a landlord client and a tenant client. So my, my business is referral-based, and the challenge that I find that realtors are having um, Number one is that the, the tenants are not paying rent because of COVID, and those tenants that do have the means to pay rent are not paying rent because they're hiding behind or under the, the COVID umbrella. But I'll tell you, it's those tenants that are going to get uh, evicted. Uh, another uh, challenge that we're facing right now is that a lot of realtors call me because they're trying to sell a property that's tenanted, and the tenant is basically holding the property hostage, or they're not allowing for showings because they either they don't want people coming in or they're, again, hiding under the COVID uh, umbrella. But I'll tell you, real estate brokerages out there are putting safety measures in place. So, you know, when an appointment is booked and confirmed, agents are going through with gloves, masks, only the buyers that are the decision makers are walking through the house. These are the instructions that are given, and if they don't if they don't allow for access, that's when they call me and I get involved and I do my best to facilitate between um, the tenant and the landlord either with showings, non-payment of rent, or any other landlord and tenancy matter that they have. Now, for the tenants that felt that they didn't have to pay rent during that time uh, of COVID. How are you dealing with them? Because, you know, as we spoke about in March, they were legally obligated to pay their rent throughout to the landlord, but there were some people that decided that they weren't going to pay rent or they were just going to wait it out, although they were collecting the benefits on the other side from the government to be able to cover their expenses. How does the board look at that and what's happening with these people? Well, these are the tenants that are going to be widely impacted. I mean, we all know that when um, evictions heavily commence, uh, that there's going to be a huge rise in homelessness. And the tenants who had the means that, and didn't pay rent are the ones that are going to be effect, are going to be affected the most because these are the tenants that have spent their money on anything and everything else except for their housing. And now, and from my experience. Uh, when a tenant falls behind two, three, four, five months, it's going to be really difficult for them to catch up. So we have encouraged that landlords work together with their tenants to put together a, a payment plan so that the tenant has the opportunity to catch up. Because keep in mind, when we do go to the board, which on these matters, it's inevitable because uh, if a tenant falls behind, it's going to be really difficult for them to catch up. The board wants to see that the landlord has accommodated the tenant. This is what we want to show to the board. However, one day late or $1 short, once we have a board order, that can uh, allow the landlord to pursue an eviction. Mina, there's so much information here and, and so much more that you can guide our, our landlord clients and tenants What's the best way to reach you and where can people get more information? 
They can head over to our website. You can find us online at stonegatelegalservices.ca. All of our contact information is on the website, or you can call me direct uh, 416-937-2766. Again, the best way, our contact info, our social media info is all on our website. So I'll I'll, uh, forward them to our website, stonegatelegalservices.ca. Thank you so much for joining us again, and we look forward to hearing what's happening with all of these applications in the future. Thank you so much, Asif. When we come back, this week's hot listing and your questions. This is On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Need to connect with Asif Khan from REMAX Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca. Now, back to On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to On the Market, York Region's exclusive radio real estate show on 105.9 The Region. Time now for our listener questions. And the first one comes from Chris in Vaughan. We are currently renting our condo, but had planned to buy for the first time this fall. Should we wait and what should we be aware of before we buy for the first time? Asif? Great questions. And uh, buying right now, it's not a typical fall market, so you're still in a good position because the summer market is usually when there's a lot of inventory and a lot of choice out there for buyers. The fall market this year is going to be more of a summer market. So you're going into a good time for buyers to have that selection to be able to you know, not have to compete like an early spring market or a late fall market. You won't have to compete against other buyers. There's a lot of properties out there. So this is actually a good time for you to get out there. But the thing is, you got to act quick because as we were talking about earlier on the show, as inventory comes up, it's being scooped up. So you have to be ready to act. You need to be pre-approved, have all of your decks in order, and that way you're going to be able to pounce on a deal as it comes up. And what about in terms of being a first-time buyer? Any perks that they should be aware of? There are. I mean, you get land transfer breaks. If you're a first-time buyer or if it's a couple and both are first-time buyers, you'll get a break on land transfer tax. And you need to know what you're going to be paying. So the mortgage broker and the real estate agent will be able to help you and guide you along the way in order to make those decisions and make sure that you have enough money budgeted for all the extra expenses. Our next question comes from Lori in Unionville. We are thinking about buying and flipping a property. How do we start? Oh, that's a big one, Asif. That is. You know what? There's there's certain markets where it's very easy to buy and flip a property, and there's certain markets where it's very hard to buy and flip a property. So you need to have an experienced real estate agent. We work with a lot of flippers. So we know what you need to do. It's a financial decision. So you can't get emotionally attached to homes and say, I love this house, I'm going to fix it, and I'm going to flip it, because you may overpay for it in a bidding war. And that cuts into the profits and what you're going to be spending on these properties in order to flip them, because you may not get that desired profitability ratios at the end of the day if you're overpaying at the beginning. So you have to work with someone that has worked with flippers. We've seen it happen a lot where people will buy a flip, overpay for it, put in a ton of money into it, and then they get stuck with it and have to rent it out because they've invested way too much and can't get that money out. So, you know, ask the right questions. Make sure that uh, you're well aware that 
this is a business decision and you can't get attached to this property, you just have to make the numbers work. And when you're flipping, that's all it is. It's a numbers game. All right. Asif, we have just enough time for the on the market hot listing. What do you have for us this week? Tina, we teased this home last week, and it has been getting so much attention. It is live and on the market right now, 211 Donald Sim Avenue, and this is an incredible home. It has over $100,000 in upgrades, and a big part of that is a D-Tech technology system, a home technology system. This does everything. It's a security system. It's your stereo within the, within the room. It, it's, it's got absolutely everything, and this home is phenomenal. It's hardwood floors. They're hand-scrubbed hardwood. It's very unique, and you're not going to find this on every home in that area. This is in Cornell, by the way. You're close to the new Viva bus terminal. You're close. You're within walking distance, maybe five or seven minutes to each school, to public school, the Catholic school, the high school. There's amenities. You're surrounded by all the amenities all around. This is a great place to be. It's a central location. It's across from a park. It's it's right around. It's kitty corner to acres of parks. There's a new uh, Cornell Rouge Park coming up. It's going to be acres and acres of dog parks, splash pads. I, I can't tell you enough about this location. And it's offered for just under $1.2 million. Okay, so you talked about the home tech system. What about in terms of bedrooms, bathrooms, square footage? How big is this property? Oh, yeah. <laughs> four bedroom, four bedroom, three bathroom. Uh, this place is absolutely phenomenal. You've got lots of formal areas to entertain as well as a nice, large, great room that's overlooking the granite countered kitchen. It's got stainless steel, high-end appliances, a gas range, double car garage with a parking pad. I could go on and on. It, it's just, it's, it's a stunning home. It sounds stunning. Asif, if our listeners want to connect with you directly, how can they do that? They can call me at 416-985-CON. That's 416-985-5426. That's our show for this week. Remember, if you need to connect with Asif Khan or if you missed any part of On the Market, go to our website, 1059theregion.com. Thanks for listening. Need to connect with Asif Khan from REMAX Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca.